Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're studying the Word of God. God has given us His Word. He's given us this revelation for us so we can know Him. We are studying the Gospel of John right now. This is episode 69. Today we're looking at John chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. We've been looking at this prologue, the first 18 verses of the book of John. And so we're going to go back, review through verse 15, then we'll add verses 16 and 17. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, This was the one of whom I said, The one coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. Now verses 16 and 17. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We need to review verse 14, where John said, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory. The glory is the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now he's talking about grace, talking some more about grace. This is the last time John will actually address grace in this gospel, but he's going to address truth a whole lot more. So grace and truth, that's how he described Jesus in verse 14. He's going to talk a little more about grace now. We'll see a lot more about truth. He says, we have all received grace upon grace. Now, the Greek phrase here is a karen antikeratos, meaning grace instead of grace, grace in the place of grace. Now, what does he mean here? Obviously, the, the double usage is uh, lending some importance to it. It, it can mean a couple of things, or, or even both of these. One, it could just talk about one grace after another grace. We get grace, and then we get grace replacing that grace. We have the initial grace of coming to Christ and being in a relationship with God. Then we get grace as we live out that relationship. There's grace on top of grace, grace replacing previous grace. Or he might be referring to the law of Moses, which was grace. And this grace is replacing that grace. Or it can mean kind of a both of those. So it's hard to say. But we see this grace upon grace from his fullness. His fullness being fully God. He is fully revealing God to us. 
and because of that we receive this grace upon grace. Now verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Often we look at this as a, uh, a negative statement. Well, I'm glad we're not under the law anymore. Glad we got rid of that. Glad we could put Moses to bed finally and now get on with grace and truth. Well, that's not exactly the case. John does not present Moses in a negative light. Moses comes up several times through John's gospel. If we just, uh, well, let's look at a few passages here in, in John chapter 5 verses 45 through 47. Well, the religious leaders are speaking with Jesus. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, because he wrote about me. But if you don't believe what he wrote, how you believe my words? Here Jesus is not saying, well, I've come to replace Moses. He says, Moses is pointing toward me. And you claim to be following Moses, but you're really not. That's the big challenge throughout the book of John. It's not that he's attacking Moses or speaking negatively of Moses or speaking negatively of the law. What he's speaking negatively of is of those who claim to be religious, claim to be followers of Moses, but aren't really following Moses. Much like we saw back in 1 John, where John said, Things like, you know, if you claim to be a follower of Christ, but you're not actually following Christ, you're a liar. Jesus is essentially saying that same thing when he's speaking to these religious leaders. You, you say you're a follower of Moses, but if you're not actually following Moses, you're a liar. And that was his big problem, was those who claimed to be followers of Moses, claimed to be upholding the law, but really weren't. In chapter 6, verses 31 to 32, so our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, just as is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Here they're looking back to Moses, saying, He gave them manna. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. So the challenge there is make sure you're not replacing God with Moses. Then in uh, chapter 7, starting in verse 19, didn't Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You have a demon, the crowd responded. Who's trying to kill you? I performed one work, and you were all amazed, Jesus answered. This is why Moses has given you circumcision. Not that it comes from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so the law of Moses won't be broken, are you angry at me because I made a man entirely well on the Sabbath? The challenge there was he healed a man on the Sabbath. He was working on the Sabbath. He was violating the law of Moses. And Jesus is saying, wait a second here. I did good here. I did what was necessary. And I'm fulfilling the law of Moses. When Jesus healed the blind man and the religious leaders were interrogating him in John chapter 9, the blind man answered, formerly blind man answered, whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, and now I can see. Then they asked him, what, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? I already told you, he said, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You don't want to become his disciples too, do you? They ridiculed him. 
you are that man's disciple. But we're Moses' disciples. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but this man, we don't know where he's from. This is an amazing thing, the man told him. You don't know where he's from, and yet he opened my eyes. Here they're declaring that we are followers of Moses. This is John's big take on the whole issue of Moses. He never speaks ill of Moses or even speaks ill of the law. What he challenges are those who claim to be followers of Moses, those who claim to uphold the law, but yet don't. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So back at verse 14 a minute again, he says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory of the one and only from the Father full of grace and truth. Where have we seen God's glory before? In fact, what's the most amazing uh, thing God has done prior to, to Jesus? Well, Mount Sinai was probably the most amazing thing. Mount Sinai, where uh, Moses led the people out of Egypt, brought them to Mount Sinai, and then Moses went up on the mountain, and you had earthquake, thunderstorm, trumpets from heaven, smoke covering the mountain, amazing things going on. Then God meets directly with Moses and gives him the law. So this is an amazing thing right there on itself. God has now given this covenant, the invitation to the people of Israel to be his covenant community. This is grace. This is amazing. This is an amazing display of God's glory. This is amazing opportunity of God's grace. And, and in all of this, an interesting thing happens. Moses says to God, please let me see your glory. He has just seen some amazing stuff. And Moses says, allow me to see your glory. And then we read about it in Exodus 34. God says, you can't look at me directly, but I will cover you with my hand and pass in front of you. And while I do that, I will declare my name. That is, I will declare who I am. So in Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7, the Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord is a compassionate and gracious God slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth, maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving inequity, rebellion, and sin. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the father's inequity on the children and grandchildren to the third, third and fourth generation. Moses beheld the glory of God, and God declared his name, who he is, to Moses. And some words he used, gracious, truth. That's the way John describes Jesus. We beheld his glory, full of grace and truth. So now in verse 16, we receive grace upon grace. He might be referring to the grace of the law, because the law was grace. It was God inviting the people of Israel to have a relationship with him. But now, this new grace is superseding that old grace. For the law was given to Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So it's new, it's different, it's superseding, it's even more better, the grace and truth that we see through Jesus Christ than what we saw via Moses. And you look at the, the life of Jesus, 
even the death, the fact that Jesus died on a cross to pay the penalty for sin shows the law is permanent. Now we have a, a better way of receiving forgiveness of sin, the perfect way of receiving forgiveness of sin. So the idea here isn't glad we're done with the law. Now we can get on with grace. The law was God's grace, but now it's even better. The law of Moses was just pointing ahead to the grace that we would experience through Jesus Christ. So, indeed, we have received grace upon grace from his fullness. Yeah, the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This is an amazing revealing of God's glory through Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.